1: Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 2nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Happy to be here on a Monday. Sorry for coming out just a little bit late, coming back from the holiday weekend. I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. The Magic... Had an okay one. The orange jerseys look great. The new City Edition jerseys look great. The new court looked pretty good, too. I have to say, I think they they did pull this off. Uh, We'll see what the next year's looks like. I'm I'm predicting next year will be the full orange jersey. They just wanted to test to make sure everyone was on board. Um, But uh, aside from the aesthetics of things, the Magic had an interesting weekend. We'll talk specifically today about the game against the Golden State Warriors, but I will reference Friday's uh, loss to the Toronto Raptors uh, when we talk a little bit more about... What this team's offensive identity is trying to be, and that's kind of a big thing. I think that 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 we're still struggling to figure out is, is who this Magic team wants to be. So we'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could find only from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Washington Wizards before Tuesday's game? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to che- want to learn a little bit more about the Warriors' perspective on Sunday's game? Check out Locked On Warriors. You can also go back and check out Locked On Raptors for a perspective on Friday's game. Um, certainly, they'll be a little less they'll be a little more happy after the way they did the Utah Jazz on Sunday night. No matter what kind of team, no matter who your favorite team is, no matter what, what you're interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you, plus our national podcast, Locked On NBA and Locked On Face Basketball, as well as the Duncan and Hollinger NBA, podcast, NBA show. You can download these podcasts wherever you download podcasts today to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, colleges too. You can find a podcast for you. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The feeling that the Orlando Magic expressed after Sunday's game was relief. It, it 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 feels like at this point that every win, every game is a scrap, is a fight. That everything is a grind. That everything is just everything is something that they have to work a little bit harder for extra hard for. That there's there's, there's just really no getting around it. The Magic are a team that's struggling to do just about everything. That's that's the cold reality of it. That the team has nothing easy. That it has to be hyper-focused and hyper-attentive because the margin for error already small is even smaller without Nikola Vucevic. And the Win against the Warriors, a 196 win against the worst team in the Western Conference. Had this feeling of relief. It was a grind of the game again. The Magic struggled to generate offense for much of it. Every time it felt like Orlando was getting ready to pull away, momentum would change. They'd lose it completely. The Warriors would make that big momentum play. They'd get that offensive rebound. They'd hit that three. They'd get that turnover. They'd get that steal. And all of a sudden, they're back in the game. Orlando was up by 12 in the second quarter. And then timeout called, five quick points, and it's a game again. This was the pattern throughout the entire game. Every time Orlando looked to speed ahead, the Warriors climbed back in. Credit to the Magic, they made the winning plays. Let's let's make that perfectly clear. This was a close game. Well, whether it should have been is another question, but this was a close game, and the Magic made the winning plays. Down by three with about two and a half minutes to go, Markel Fultz hits a fadeaway jumper. Magic get a block from Jonathan Isaac, and then Fultz scores a layup over Draymond Green. In a tight game, Markel Fultz stole a pass, a play that stole, stole a pass on a, on a veerback, as, as Steve Clifford described it, that, that Clifford praised immensely, and this was the Markel Fultz fourth quarter. He took over this game in the fourth quarter, and At the very end, it was Evan Fournier finishing the deal, sizing up Draymond Green and hitting a layup over him to give the Magic a a three-point lead with about 15 seconds to play. You'd think that would have been the end of the game. Oh No, 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 not not this game, not this game, Not, not the way this game was played out. The Warriors climbed back in again. Down by five, they they hit a three to cut the lead to two. Orlando was able to kind of keep the Warriors at arm's length, but at the end of the day, it still came down to inbounding the ball. And there was that five-second violation once again. Magic couldn't get the ball in, and Golden State had a chance to win down two. And Alec Burks' shot looked pretty good. At least that's, that's what Evan Fournier said, even though, as We1 knew, went flying by. Undoubtedly, the Magic's margin for error is, is very small at this point of the season. Undoubtedly, the team has to do everything right, or everything pretty close to right, to have a chance to win. That's just the reality of the situation. That's just the reality of who, what this team has to deal with and what this team is facing this season. They have a lot to do just to survive. Against this Warriors team, they needed a career-high tying 32 points from Evan Fournier because outside of Fournier, Ross, and Fultz, no one was able to score, at least consistently. The team is still struggling to, to find itself. And, and, and still struggling to find its way to win. Defensively, Orlando had moments of brilliance where they locked out locked out the Warriors, and the Warriors are a pretty good offense. That, that team can score. That team can get points. They are opportunistic, and, and they cut and, and put a lot of stress on you. And the Magic struggled with it at times. They stepped up when they needed to on several occasions. This was a game where the Magic... Showed they have a lot of the pieces they need. They showed that for relatively long stretches, granted, against this Warriors team, for relatively long stretches, they can look pretty brilliant. I mean, go back to Friday's game against the Raptors, a a, a low-scoring loss. Orlando's defense that game was killer. They shut out the Raptors in the half-court, essentially. Jonathan Isaac made Pascal Siakam look very human. But it all came back to that offense, that inability to score consistently, that inability to to read and defeat elite defenses. That's the same problem the Magic had in the playoffs, to be frank. Granted, this Magic team is short its best offensive player, Nikola Vucevic, And, and that's not an excuse, but it is a reality. Aaron Gordon is still making his way back from injury. Marco Foltz is discovering his confidence, and, and, uh, and it's, it's getting to the point where he ha- where the Magic have to trust him a whole lot more to create and generate offense for this team, and he had a fantastic aim. So this, this fourth quarter was, was a real big maturation moment for him. Aaron Gordon is still coming back from his injury and has looked rough in the process. But Orlando still found a way. Let's not forget that. Every win counts the same. It doesn't matter how you do it or how pretty it looks. They all count the same. But we all know this Magic team is still putting the pieces together. They're still searching and fighting and clawing and scratching. And it doesn't matter who the opponent is. They just have to find a way to do enough. And enough may not be enough further on down the road. We all know that schedule that's coming up. But the Magic did enough Sunday. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't relaxing. It probably should have been better. But they did enough to get the win. A 196 victory over the Golden State Warriors. Let's run through that final box score for you, real fast. Talk about some individual player performances. Uh, what is there to say about Evan Fournier at this point? Um, I, I I I read Magic Twitter a lot, and everyone is rescinding a lot of the Fournier hate that they've had over the years. This this guy is this guy is keeping this Magic team alive, and and the way he played in in China at the FIBA World Cup has certainly carried over to the NBA. And I think at the beginning of the season it was a little bit frustrating, but again. I would tell everyone Fournier is the only guy that's really scoring consistently for this team. He's been the most consistent offensive player. And while I would say that, you know, he's kind of a, he's I mean, I, I, I've been jokingly saying that like, we got to start pushing Fournier for the all-star game because he's been the Magic's all-star and yeah, they're still eighth in the East. So they are a play, they are in playoff position, but um, Fournier's averages do look all-star worthy. He's averaging about 19 points per game, but this game was a fantastic game for him. 32 points, 13 for 21 shooting, six for ten from beyond the arc. Uh, no assist to two turnovers, but I, I did think he moved the ball particularly particularly well in this game. I felt like this game, a lot of his offense really came within the rhythm of the offense. I, I don't think he was forcing things, and that's where he gets himself into trouble. He was reading the defense really well, and yes, looking to set up his own shot. He he took 21 shots, which is a whole lot more than almost everyone else took. Um, you know, almost uh almost a quarter of of the team, or almost a fifth of the team's shots in this game, but. Um, he, he was just, he was taking good shots. It was hard to dislike the shots he was taking and he was able to create space for himself. He was able to get into the lane. He was running the floor real well and he was setting himself up for three point shots. He's six or 10 from beyond the arc. When a guy scores 32 points, I mean, the only bad part about his game was he didn't get to the foul line, but you now which he's been pretty good at this year. Um, But th- this was a career night for Evan Fournier, career high tying 32 points in this game. He carried the Magic offensively. I mean, it's, it's to the point at, at, at now that, you know, those 14 minutes, and he played 34 minutes in this game, those 15 minutes a game where Evan Fournier is not on the floor, it, the offense just isn't going to work. Um, you know, without Nikola Vucevic in there, the Magic's offense does not work without without Evan Fournier. And I think the elite teams know that. We saw the Raptors really do a good job kind of closing him out. He's still, got it, he's still got some numbers, but the Raptors did a really good job taking the ball out of his hands pressuring him and getting him to, to turn the ball over or force passes away. Um, so he's still got to learn to read a little bit better on the ball, but I guess a team like the Warriors, he was just able to dominate them and, and just kind of get get where he wanted to on the floor. Um, this was just a really professional, strong performance from Evan Fournier. Uh, just not a lot to be upset about with him. Um, this guy is carrying the team, and and he deserves... A lot of love and a lot of credit for it. Um, Markel Foltz, though, like I said, I-, I thought this was his. This was one of his better games of the year. 14.6 for 12 shooting, four rebounds, nine assists, zero turnovers. Um, especially in the fourth quarter, Foltz really took over this game. He made a lot of really big plays around the basket. Um, did a good job, kind of keeping the ball moving. Uh, he's he's the one guy on the team that you know almost guaranteed can get into the paint. Um, whenever he wants off the dribble, um, he will create kind of the space to get others open, and he's a really skilled passer. I mean, his only issue is he's still a little bit of a rookie; he's still a little bit inexperienced. So, some of his reads, you know, he will have high turnover games where he's at three, four turnovers uh, in a game. He didn't in this game, and that's a big reason why the Magic won because the Magic could give him the ball, let him work a pick and roll, let him let him work in isolation. Honestly, get into the lane and create some space for Terrence Ross, for Evan Fournier, for Jonathan Isaac. Um, and that's such a huge thing. I mean, I I think we're at the point where, you know, yes, I, I still consider Fultz a rookie, so I still expect some mistakes, but I think we're at the point where Steve Clifford needs to kind of trust him and his instincts as a point guard. I mean, I think I think Fultz is still learning how to manage the game and, and how to kind of be a leader on the team. And, and you expect that from a young guard. And, and you know, I think, I think I'll think i make this argument, um, you know, when we pass the quarter poll of the season on Wednesday, but, you know, I, I think we need to... You know, not shift our expectations because I still think this is a playoff team. But I kind of suspected this might happen—that that we would start looking at this team more as a young team coming into their own type playoff team, rather than a uh, you know playoff team looking to repeat its success or advance its success from last year. Um, you know, the fact that Fultz is playing such a big role, the fact that Isaac is playing such a big role—I um, think that that bodes well for this team's future, obviously. And I think that they played such huge roles for this team uh, it, that, that you know, staying at the level that they're at, it, it, you know, from last year at least, is not a negative. I'm, I'm not going to say it's a positive, but it's not a negative. Um, again, I, I, I still feel, I still argue with people who don't think making the playoffs is, is valuable. I still argue with people who think re-signing Vucevic was a mistake, uh, and, and I, I think those people are bunk, to be honest. I, I think that... It really isn't a debate. The Magic should should try to go for the playoffs if they can. They should make the playoffs if they can, and and they're doing it the way that you want to do it with young guys leading the way and coming into the room. This, again, I, I cannot speak more highly of Fultz. I think that he is still getting his touch around the rim, which is really scary because he still misses some shots around there. I mean, obviously d- defenses are going to duck under and let him shoot, and he's he's finding ways to get his shot. He he has that that midway that mid range fadeaway really really down well. And, you know, I was having this. I was having this discussion with someone. I think Fultz works better shooting off the dribble than he does standing still. I think as a spot up shooter, uh, he gets. He, I think still think he gets a little in his own head with his with his shooting form. But when he's shooting off the dribble, he's in rhythm, and, and I think the the quirks in his jump shot or the quirks in the way he shoots disappear a little bit. And 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 the way he shoots off the dribble, especially in the mid range, is is really fantastic. Um, I, I think Fultz is going to continue to get better. I agree with Steve Clifford on that front that he's only going to get better. As the season goes on, um, he played 30 minutes in this game. So the minutes restriction is starting to come off too. So a really nice effort from uh, from Markel Fultz, I thought. Other notable players, Jonathan Isaac, 14 points, 11 rebounds, five blocks, but four turnovers, four for nine shooting. Um, Isaac is starting to assert himself more on the ball and off the dribble. And I think that's leading to some of the turnover issues that he's had. Um, and he's, he's turned the ball over a lot of late. Um, and so I think some of that is just him trying to attack a little bit more and, and going a little bit outside of himself. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. That Isaac's got to pick his spots better. Um, he is showing a lot of skill getting to the basket. Um, he's had a lot of really nice flashes of his ability to drive drive the lane. Um, and obviously defensively, he's just he's just a monster defensively. I mean, I think I think defensively he was a big reason why the Magic were so good in this game. Um... He he's a lot better on the glass, so he he's finding his way. It's, with Isaac, it's still just about developing offensive consistency and finding ways to expand his role in little ways, and and so I think uh, Isaac is coming along at a nice pace. Um, you know, I, I can't be so upset. I, I didn't think I didn't think he was as positive as as he usually is with when he defends this way because of the turnovers, but um, uh, undoubtedly a, a solid game for him as well. Terrence Ross, also a good game, 19 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc. He scored 12 points in the second quarter, really keeping the Magic alive and helping the Magic stake that early lead in the second quarter. Um, Ross is, you know, someone asked Clifford after the game whether Ross was getting the same type of shots, and Ross... I, I agree. Ross is getting the same type of shots that he did last year, and they're just not going down. He's shooting less than 40% for the year, um, and, and, it, and it's just been a struggle to find his rhythm. I think teams are blitzing him a lot more. They're they're kind of forcing his angle a little bit wider, and I'd almost like to see Ross be a little bit more patient when he's coming around those screens, like look to catch the ball, maybe deliver a pump fake, you know, try and set up a, another shot off the dribble or keep the ball moving. Um, Ross is a high-usage player. When he gets the ball, he is in there to shoot. He will shoot it. Um, and so I think that that's, that's a big part of his game as well. So Ross, a good effort. He scored a lot. He shot the ball decently well, made a couple threes. That's that's a big step for him uh, as well. But, you know, again, the shots he's getting, you, you maybe expect a little bit more, but uh, a solid game for him. Some other, another notable performance, Aaron Gordon back in the lineup. He played, uh, he returned to the lineup on Friday as well. Similar stat line for him though. Eight points, two for 11, shooting one for five from beyond the arc. Seven rebounds, four assists, three turnovers. Um. Gordon is defensively. Gordon is is all the way is pretty much all the way back. I thought he did a good job when he was matched up with Siakam on Friday. I, I think he's doing a good job on the glass. I think that he's staying active and and challenging shots at the rim and doing all the things you expect Aaron Gordon to do defensively. Offensively, it's still a struggle for him. I I I, I want to believe that it's perhaps lingering effects of the injury of the sprained ankle that's kind of knocked him off his rhythm and he's got to get it back, but. Some of it too is is Aaron is is forcing shots again and forcing offense and not keeping the ball moving. Um, he is a really good passer. Uh, you know, he's a better passer than people give him credit for. He can play make. Um, but the key with him is he cannot hold on to the ball as long as he's hold on hold held onto the ball. Um, a part of the offensive problems and and Fournier was guilty of this too, and and Fultz to some extent is too. But I, I don't mind it as much with Fultz. Um, guys cannot hold on to the ball for two, three, four, five seconds. It's got to be. Catch the ball, read the defense, attack or move it again, or attack to move it again. Um, as Clifford said, you got to just move the ball to move the ball. Sometimes you got to just keep the ball moving and keep the defense kind of on its toes. And the moment you you hold the ball and stop without maybe a screen coming or without setting up the next action, or you just kind of hold the ball and isolate, if it's not there immediately, you got to look to move to the next guy. And I think this is really the big. This is at the heart of the Magic's offensive problems is there's there are I mean and I, this is a problem that I think under Jacques Vaughn especially all the plays were were setting up isolations which this team is not suited to play as I mean you look at the warriors and how they play they don't have those guys they run a cutting you know cutting offense anyway they're still making all those cuts they're still making all those screens they're still doing all those actions and they're able to steal points because they're able to do that gordon has passing ability if you cut while he has the ball, he will find you. If you find, if you cut into open space, if you cut to the basket, he will find you. And if you cut into open space, Gordon can, can still work well enough off the dribble to attack the space you vacated. Um, so again, it, 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 the, really the Magic have to do a better job putting stress on the defense. And I think Gordon is part of that problem. He, I mean, he is maybe the scapegoat, but he's as guilty as anyone of just pounding the ball into the dirt too much and not keeping it moving and not getting to the next action or to the next set or to the secondary set. Um, I think that's a huge thing that the Magic are going to need to see from him moving forward. Orlando shoots 42.5% from the game, 11 for 33 from beyond the arc, 15 of 22 from the foul line. They turn the ball over 12 times, get seven steals, eight blocks. The Magic, I have to imagine the Magic are near the top of the league in stocks this year. Um, they They have been really, really good on that front. The Warriors shoot only 39.6%. But they stay in the game thanks to turnovers, thanks to a really balanced scoring effort, 19 points from Glenn Robinson the third, 17 from Eric Pascal, 15 from Alec Burks, 12 from Kai Bowman off the bench on four for 12 shooting. Um, the The Warriors just do a really good job staying in this game, uh, kind of keeping the magic on their toes and and really really fighting the magic off in, in so many ways. So the magic defeat the Golden State Warriors 196 they are eight and 11 on the air. big week coming up for the Orlando Magic. They are at Washington on Tuesday, home versus Phoenix on Wednesday, and then at Cleveland on Friday. Then comes the the doomsday part of the schedule. Monday versus Milwaukee, next Wednesday versus the Lakers, next Friday versus the Rockets, and then they head out west to play New Orleans, Utah, Denver, and Portland. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a daunting road here, Uh, so the Magic need to scratch out all the wins they can. Um, Nikola Vucevic did update his injury status on Saturday, he said... That he is making progress. He started to run in the zero zero gravity and the zero gravity treadmill. Um, he's doing some set shots, but no jumping as of yet. Uh, I would imagine he is still at least a week away. Um, I would imagine the Magic are hoping that he will be ready to come back before the West Coast road trip. I'm sure they are hoping that he will be able to come back before that Lakers Rockets doubleheader. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not back until sometime during the West Coast road trip. But I but I do expect him back relatively soon. The Orlando Magic defeat the Golden State Warriors 196 to improve to 8-11 on the year as they head back out on the road to take on the Washington Wizards. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash NBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Lockdown sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%
1: The meeting was canceled and your team will go home champions. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: So how would you describe the Orlando Magic offense? Don't answer that. I don't have time to listen to four-letter words. Better question then. How you would you describe what the Orlando Magic's offense is supposed to be? I'll let you, let you ruminate and ponder that question just for a bit. Because I think it's a, a difficult question to answer. I really do. I think that this is a, a question that has been tricky enough to figure out. Steve Clifford is often, when we're talking about this offense, often talked about playing with pace. With whatever that means. Playing with pace and getting out in transition. And, and, and I think when we talk about pace, that's typically what people think. And with athletes like Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac and, and Markel Foltz and even Terrence Ross to some extent, Why shouldn't this team be running? Why shouldn't they be getting out in transition? Why shouldn't they be looking to use their defense to generate offense? And I agree with all of that. Yet somehow, the Magic are last in the league in pace. Somehow, the Magic are not one of the top teams when it comes to transition. In fact, When it comes to pace, the Magic are last in the league, the fewest possessions per 48 minutes. And when it comes to fast break points, the Magic are 19th at 12.7 per game. This is a mystery that that Steve Clifford has said he can't figure out either. That they are getting the steals and blocks that they want. They are getting... Uh, those opportunities and and again the Magic are one of the probably one of the best teams in in generating stocks throughout the league. I mean they're they're averaging eight point four steals per game. That's eighth in the league. They're averaging six point seven blocks per game. That's second in the league. I can't imagine there's many teams a whole lot better. I'm I'm seeing the the, the Lakers are, are one of them. I'm seeing the Timberwolves are one of them. The Magic are generating opportunities that should lead to transition, op, transition breaks. And their defense, while certainly slipping, the last two games has been pretty good and has, has found its footing again. Magic back up to ninth in defensive rating. The Magic's defense has been pretty good, of late especially. That should lead to fast break opportunities, but that's just not how the Magic play for some reason. Now, granted, I would say in wins, Orlando gets out in transition a lot more, and, and that's a big reason why they're able to win a lot of these games. And, and, you know, against Golden State, Orlando did have some fast break opportunities, 15 fast break points per game, so above their average. But I think when they're around 16, 17, I think when they're around 17, 18, 19 in the 20 range, that's kind of where they want to be. Uh, Again, the Raptors average 19 fast-break points per game, so maybe 17, 18 is is a more realistic number to to achieve. So again, I ask, how is this offense supposed to work if they're not getting a ton of fast-break opportunities? And honestly, I would argue this too, that that the Magic's fast-breaks aren't efficient. They make a lot of mistakes in transition, against the Raptors especially. There are a lot of turnovers in transition, a lot of kind of reckless pickup play where they're throwing the ball around and turning it over and constantly going back and forth. And the Raptors are going to win that game because they're one of the best transition teams in the league, if not the best transition team in the league. So, can I ask, how's this team supposed to play? In the half court, it's even a bigger mess. It's not a lot of ball movement. The team is very slow to get into their sets, and considering how few offensive options they have, they have to use as much of the clock as they can to get the best shot. I'll be on record here. I'm not convinced the team has to be in the top half of the league in pace. Possessions per 48 minutes. In fact, because I trust the defense so much, I would argue this team should resemble the the grit and grind team. Of the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's a different team, I'll grant you. But they should be looking to limit possessions as much as possible to keep the score low. If their defense is good enough to hold teams down to 100, 101, you know, raw points per game, I think they're at 102 points, per game, points allowed per game, this Magic offense should be good enough to, to get to that number. The lower the score, the lower the score you have to reach if if you catch my drift. So I don't necessarily mind that they keep the scores relatively low. I don't necessarily mind that. But what I do mind is how slow the offense operates within the half court. And I think... And I know I've mentioned this before. I think this is what coaches really mean when they say play with pace. What they really mean is they want the offense flowing and moving constantly, moving hard, moving fast, the ball moving fast. So even if you take up 15, you know, even if you take up 18, 19, 20 seconds in the shot clock, the defense is working for those 20 seconds. Too often, especially against elite teams like the Raptors, The Magic's offense slows to a crawl. They do a good job taking Orlando out of their their sets, trapping the ball handler, just forcing them to move, just forcing them to, to whip it, to whip it out, and not really forcing the defense to move. Too often in Friday's game, especially, the Magic were reliant on individual play. And Steve Clifford's honestly said this. They're not having difficulty running through their sets. At least earlier in the season he said this. Not having difficulty running through their sets. The difficulty right now is just playing. It's just rolling the ball out and making a play. It's a big statement. And again, I would, I would dovetail into that. That's why they're struggling in transition. Because they're struggling to make plays. They're struggling to beat their man one-on-one. They're struggling to to kind of get the defense to play at their Level or their tempo or or how they want them to play. So, once again, I have to ask, what is this magic team trying to do? Again, I have to ask, what is the identity this offense wants to take? Certainly, being without Nikola Vucevic is a huge deal. He make he is a great passer. Everyone can kind of run off him. He's a good screener. He can score on multiple levels, and defenses have to account for him at all times. So losing a player like that, especially when you don't have many players at that level, is a big deal. Finding ways to constantly, consistently win without your best player is extremely difficult. It's made more difficult when... You don't really have a clear offensive style. And, you know, I think this is a criticism that Steve Clifford faced in Charlotte. It is a criticism he will face today. That the Magic's offense just doesn't have a real sense of purpose all the time. It doesn't have a go to play, or it really just doesn't have kind of a sense of how to work when everything falls apart. The team, it still feels like, is figuring out exactly how it needs to play to win. And unfortunately, too often, this team is falling back into bad habits of not moving the ball, of trying to do things by yourself, of forcing the ball in into the paint when it isn't there. Now, frankly, just move the ball a little bit. The simple pass, the simple play will create some holes. But on top of that, we're not seeing the secondary actions. We're seeing the ball stick to one side. We're seeing uh, players who are off the ball not doing anything to put stress on the defense. Whether the Magic are executing well or not, and, and, and I, I think we can all say that they're they're mostly not. Whether the Magic are executing well or not, it, there there is something wrong with this offense as a whole. It's not just on the players. The players certainly deserve it, but... Certainly, the coaching staff has to do a better job putting players in positions to succeed, of giving players the tools and the mindset to score and win. And really, that's such a huge piece of what's missing from this Magic team. They just haven't put all the pieces together. And really, it's the offense holding this team back. They found some rhythm, they lost it, and we don't really know when it's going to come back again. At this point in the season, we are almost 20 games in. Where you rank is about where you're going to rank. And the Magic are dead last in almost every offensive category. No ones expecting this Magic team to be, all of a sudden become a top 15 offense every night. But the way that they can and do play defense to make the playoffs, we're not talking about getting home court, we're not talking about winning a playoff series, just to make the playoffs, they probably don't have to do very much. They can slowly climb the rankings, they can just, they can kind of keep, keep, be, you know, skating by, or doing just enough offensively. And they've missed a lot of shots that they should make. And getting Vucevic back will almost certainly boost this offense a little bit. But, certainly, the Magic have to do more. They have to figure out what they want to be offensively because how would I describe the, off- the Magic's offense and what they're trying to do? I really can't. I just, I just don't think this team has an offensive identity quite yet. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll talk about this tomorrow, but we have a breakdown of what Al Farouk Minus entry means for the team moving forward. Thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Brostrom Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day.